0: Hello, and welcome to It's Not That Bad, optimistic movie reviews for optimistic people. (laughs) I'm scary, Chad Ekvitz.
1: (laughs) I can't make a scary voice as well as you. You're so good at it. I'm not scary, Simone LaRue, apparently.
0: Yeah, as, as we said, hello and welcome to It's Not That Bad, optimistic movie reviews for optimistic people. This is the uh, comedy podcast where you come to listen to us waffle for about an hour and then you go home. Yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah, welcome.
1: A friend of mine actually said that like it's problematic because she listens to our podcast and then she feels like she needs to go watch these bad movies because we actually sell some of them pretty well.
0: Oh man, could you imagine if we contribute to a really late surge in all of these movies' sort of profits? <laughs> yeah. Um, But yeah, welcome. Uh, thanks for joining us on the final week of Halloween. That's why I did the scary thing. Um. I was trying to emulate David Cummings from the No Sleep podcast, because uh, he's fantastic. And it's a great podcast if you haven't listened <laughs> to it yet. And uh, yeah, welcome. Last week of, of horror movies, Simone. How do you feel?
1: Yeah, I... I'm relieved. We've been doing so many horror movies and like bad horror movies are a special kind of genre all to themselves. Yeah. And I'd like to watch some good horror movies at some point. Yeah,
0: definitely. I think we didn't, we weren't expecting there to be five weeks and we kind of planned for four weeks. And Uh then I looked in my calendar a couple, couple weeks ago and I saw that it was a five week month and both. Simone's face and my face when we found this out were the least optimistic thing because we had full on (sighs) run out of bad horror films by this point that's ten bad horror films that we had to come up with it was it's no easy feat but saying that this week is the coup de grace we have two unbelievably spectacular films so Simone what are you doing this week?
1: I am doing Zombie Strippers (sighs)
0: sweet Jesus
1: I'm really excited (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and what are you doing, Chad?
0: I am doing Lights Out, which I still maintain is a brilliant film in its own right, except for the ending, which we will discuss and we will get into. But yeah, yeah. I'm really, I'm really excited because the yeah. spectrum of this week is it's fantastic.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, it's really different extremes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man! So let's get into yeah. it. Let's not let's not waste any more time because I just want to hear what you have to say about zombie strippers. No. I'm gonna listen. I think. We can do five minutes of lights out, and then... (laughs) The rest
1: is just zombie strippers.
0: (laughs) Listening to you talk about zombie strippers.
1: Thanks, Chad. So,
0: uh, Simone, I know it's eight in the morning, which is not the usual time that we record these podcasts. Hmm. So, you know, because we are responsible adults, uh, what are you drinking?
1: I'm drinking coffee. I take it with no sugar and lots of milk for our viewers at home, or listeners at home.
0: Yeah. Good. It's, it's better to have no sugar, isn't it? Because, you know...
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm sweet enough, so... Ah,
0: oh, look at that. Look at that.
1: <laughs> oh. Look at that cheese.
0: Yeah, oh, that's lovely.
1: <laughs> and what are you drinking, Chad?
0: Yeah, I'm being an irresponsible adult, and I, I want to make that explicit, that uh, it is irresponsible, because, as I said, it is eight in the morning, but I am drinking a Casa de Maya Puglia wine. It is South African, actually. Oh. Uh, from the heart of... Oh, wait, no, I lied. Sorry. It's not. It's uh, from the heart of Italy's Puglia region. Uh, wines with an enchanting play of light, uh, light and colour bursting with fruit flavours of the land. It's a white Zinfandel. It is rather okay. delightful. And the reason I'm drinking this is because when my parents came to visit me uh, last weekend, the owner of the B&B gave them this bottle of wine uh, to say happy birthday to me. So this is my birthday wine from a complete stranger, oh, which is really delightful. That's nice. Yeah, it's really nice. I've never drunk white Zinfandel huh. before, and I think it might be my new favorite.
1: Oh, okay.
0: It's really light and breezy, and it's just delightful. It's sort of like it's like a, a rosé, uh-huh. but sort of a little bit more with. It's got a little bit more of a bite than a rosé would have. Okay. I could be completely bullshitting because I don't <laughs> know wine that well. I mean, we exclusively usually drink Barks wine, both of us. So. You know, I could be lying.
1: <laughs> yeah, you could. You could literally just be drinking like swill moonshine, and no one would know.
0: <laughs> now that that's been said, let's uh, let's rock on with this podcast. Yeah. Uh, I think because because a because I'm drinking and you're not, I I, I usually do get to go first. Okay. Plus, I want lights out to get out the way, so that we can talk about your fantastic movie. Okay so i I do believe I shall start Great. this week Great. with lights out, and Great. I'm excited, I am excited, and I'm excited to hear your thoughts, yeah, because this I still profess it is an almost damn perfect movie. it's just it's it falls at the last hurdle, and that is a shame,
1: much like so many of the horror movies we've reviewed this month. It's one of those ones that are like conceptually it's yeah. so good, and it starts off with like a really strong base, and then it just like craps out at the end,
0: yeah, yeah, and it's it's a shame, it is a real shame. Um, so, yeah, this is, this is the uh, plot synopsis, and uh, here we go. Lights Out 2016. This incredible film centres around Sophie, played by Maria Bello, and her two kids, Martin, and uh, played by Gabriel Bateman, and Rebecca, played by Teresa Palmer. After Sophie's second husband dies, tragically, in a freak accident, Sophie and Martin are left alone to fend for themselves. That's when shit starts to get weird. Mun hears his mother talking to someone in the dark, even though no one seems to be there. He also sees a mysterious shadowy figure every now and again. Because of this, he doesn't sleep well and ends up falling asleep in class. Rebecca is then called... Uh, uh, called in to help, but there's a conflict brewing. You see, Rebecca and Martin have different fathers. Rebecca left her mother after Rebecca's father, Sophie's first husband, left because Sophie essentially abandoned Rebecca and caused awful horrible things to happen to her, as you shall see foreshadowing. But Sophie doesn't feel that that's how it went down. She believes that Rebecca abandoned her in her hour of need when her first husband died. So, as you can imagine, they aren't the best of friends. No. Rebecca sees what's happening to Martin and recognises the similarities in Sophie's behaviour as from when she lost her first husband. Rebecca is now worried about Martin, especially because he mentions their mom's friend, Diana. As we find out later in the film, Diana and Sophie met when Sophie was sent to a mental institution for her depression when she was a child. Diana was there because of the psychological trauma she underwent when seeing her father kill herself and her unusual skin condition which essentially made her allergic to light. In a freak experiment, Diana Diana died, uh, but, as it turns out, Sophie can still see and speak to Diana, and Diana can still interact with the world, but only in the dark. In the light, she disappears. Also, as it turns out, she is evil and can get inside people's heads and fuck with them, and that's why Diana's father had killed himself. Uh, he writes on the wall, she's in my head, and that's how we know now diana only becomes back into sophie's life when she's at her worst she beca- she came back when her first husband left it turns out diana killed him and she comes back now when her second husband died because again diana killed him rebecca w- with the help of a truly ama- amazing boyfriend brett played by alexander de persia
1: oh he's the true hero he yes. is
0: the oh. best boyfriend in the world
1: oh, 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 love he's
0: him. the boyfriend I, ex- insp- I-, I-, I want to be and
1: we'll talk about him more like
0: just uh oh. Oh.
1: He goes above and beyond. He does the most. Oh. Brett
0: is the star. Brett is the star. Okay, but yeah, let's not, so we'll get into yeah. it. <laughs> Rebecca, with the help of her amazing boyfriend Brett, helped to save the day by attempting to convince Sophie that Diana is dead and a parasite feeding off of her. Di- Diana tries to kill all of them because she just wants Sophie to be with her alone and forever. Sophie realises Diana is a manipulative bitch and that Diana needs Sophie more than Sophie needs Diana. Then, in a truly tragic ending, Sophie kills herself to save the kids and get rid of Diana forever. And that is the end of the film. Yeah, I mean, fantastic. Great film. Tell me tell me your thoughts. because, Well, actually, tell the people, first of all, the context of this movie when we first saw it. Because it's cute.
1: Yes, so this was, we watched this movie together just after you would moved to the UK, and we were, like, really sad because we missed watching hor- watching horror movies together. And we'd seen the trailer for Lights Out, and it looked cock scary. So we were like, oh my god, we have to watch this together. So we sat down over <laughs> Skype and tried to line it up so we were watching the movie at the same time, which apparently now there's an app you can use on Google to do that. <laughs> and uh, we watched this movie together on Skype, and... We- <laughs> it was just so much fun
0: it really was it was so
1: and then we got to the ending and we were like oh
0: (laughs) yeah but it was it was great to to do that because you know if someone had to pause to go to the bathroom or whatever it was really amusing because you're just like pause it now texting each other and just be like pause now so that we could just go to the bathroom or whatever and and trying to line it back up yeah and it was just, it was, it was a hell of a lot of fun, and it was just,
1: it was hard, it was
0: unbelievably complicated, but it kind of shows where we came yeah. from as friends and why we kind mm. of do this podcast together. And it was just a really special moment yeah. in 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 our friendship because I was missing you guys and and everything, and I was missing home mm. quite a bit. So it was just a lovely, lovely piece of home. So yeah, that was lovely. And uh, so yeah, now on a second or third viewing, I don't know how many times you've seen it since, what did you think of it?
1: <sighs> Boy. You guys <laughs> thing It has, like I said, like so many of the horror movies that we've reviewed, it has a really good base. I think the idea of a like, monster that's only in the dark is really conceptually yeah. good, because it... It has the dual role of being something that you can't quite see. Yeah. And we always, we, as we know, the fear of the unknown is the scariest. Mm-hmm. And of, like, making you think that you're losing your fucking mind, because obviously whenever you turn the lights on to see what it is, it's not there. Yeah, So that's, like, really cool to start off with. Um, and then on top of that, they had some really good actors mm-hmm. in this. Like, uh, the woman who plays Sophie was amazing. She did really, really well with the role. Rebecca was also a very good actress. Yeah, Like, the camera work was good. The camera work was really creepy. But, at the same time, all of the scariest scenes in this movie are in the trailer. Yeah. (laughs) So, we watched the movie and we were like, but where's the rest of it? Like, we've seen all of these super scary scenes. And then, um, do you want to talk about the ending now or are we going to just...
0: Yeah, let's just jump into it. Let's get it Let's get it done, because okay. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people out there who are just like, Oh, what's wrong with the ending? Obviously, you know, it's self-sacrifice, you saved a family. No. 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 No.
1: So, they make it very clear that Diana's a metaphor for Sophie's depression. And it starts off as a pretty good metaphor, because she does things that depression makes you do, which is isolating yourself, neglecting mm. your relationships with your friends and family, uh, avoiding taking medication, and things like that. So in that way, it's a really good metaphor to show, like, how destructive depression can be to you as a person, but also to, like, members of your family. Yeah. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But then the problem with the ending is that it says that the only way to make things better or to help your family is to kill yourself, which is such an upsetting and disturbing message. They clearly didn't think it through at all. Um, (laughs) And it's just so upsetting to see.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Apart from the fact that it is incredibly lazy writing to try and solve the problem, it is a yeah. genuinely upsetting message to people who have depression, saying essentially yeah. saying that, you know, uh, killing yourself is the only way out of your depression, when clearly, and it is suggested throughout the film, that Diana goes away when yeah. Sophie is on her meds, and when she's, you yeah, know... Yeah, and
1: going to therapy.
0: And going to therapy. So clearly... You know something else than killing yourself is working, um, and and very much yeah. like de- depression. You know,
2: uh,
0: depression doesn't go away. Like you're never cured. It's no. it's a mental it's a mental illness. It doesn't just go away. It's inside you, and it will always be inside you. And you work through it, and that's what Sophie did. And yeah, you have your yeah. knockbacks. You you have your moments when things go really really wrong, like tragedies before, like your second husband dying. And that will yeah. set you back a lot. But it's about working through it and you don't just kill yourself and that is a horrible message for people who you know can who Definitely. watch this film and who do have depression. It is it is really mm. sad.
1: Especially I think, um, so neither of us I I neither of us suffer from depression personally. No. I don't I don't no. know. No. Um, but we're both very close to people who do. Mm. Mm. And the the other issue with this is, like, the darkest points in depression that is when you feel like nothing's going to fix it, it's never going to get better. And it's so dangerous that, like, they showed that the mom was at the point, where Sophie was at this point, where she felt like it was never going to get better, where she wouldn't be able to fix anything. And she killed herself.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Exactly.
1: It, like, it it, yeah, it's just so problematic and not... True. Also, the idea that your depression controls you and you don't control it, obviously it's an illness, like, you can't take full responsibility for everything it makes you do, but mm. at the end of the day, it's your brain. You can beat it.
0: Yeah. And I mean, that's that's kind of the realization that Sophie has in the end. She realizes that, you know, Diana needs her more than she needs Diana. And, and, and it yeah. looks like it's going to go in a really positive direction because of that realization. And I think that is an important yeah. thing for people with depression to realize is that while it is a, me- a mental illness and it does feel like a creepy demon who can only come out in the dark, you do control it. You can turn the lights on. Um, you, yeah. There are ways, and hopefully you do have people in your life who love you and want to support you as Rebecca and Martin did for her. I mean, yes. Rebecca's got ulterior motives. She has a lot of sort of history with Sophie in the fact yeah. that you know, like she's she's got a lot of resentment and things, and you know that is touched in the movie in itself as well. When Brett, yeah, big up to Brett, fucking best guy. Yeah, we'll ever, talk about he's Brett like, in a
1: sec because I love him. Yeah,
0: Brett. Brett's like, oh, are you doing this to help Martin or are you doing this to spite her? And like. He, he challenges her sort of motives for, for what she's doing. But even so, Sophie does have people in her life that care and love her and Martin just wants her to get better. And, and you know, hopefully, you know, if you do have depression and you're listening to this podcast, you do have people who love you. And yeah. I understand we'll probably that... We'll
1: link to a couple of resources below if, like... Yeah. Yeah, we'll link to a couple of resources below if yeah. you're struggling or you feel like you need help or... Yeah, because
0: suicide is suicide is not a resort as 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 this movie shows, Mm -hmm. which is wrong. And that's our problem with it. You you there are ways around it. You can switch the lights on and never forget that. Please, please, please never forget that people love you. And if you don't have people in your life, you have us. And as we say at the end of every podcast, and we're not just saying it as a gimmick, we do love you. And there is nothing Mm. you can do about it.
1: But also, we're not licensed therapists, so uh, yeah, and we're like, not licensed therapists. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're not. But like, yeah, we <laughs>
0: But we'll always give public service <laughs> announcements on shitty movies. Yes. Oh man, wait! You guys, you guys are so lucky <laughs> that you have us for for you know. Wait, wait until we eventually de- think you deserve the High School Musical episodes. <laughs> oh man, you are we so lucky. Scrap
1: some... No
0: of wisdom. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that is a big, big problem of the film, that it says that. Um, and I mean, yeah. yeah, you can take it from the point of view that, you know, she's sacrificing herself for her kids to make sure they're safe and happy. But they're going to have their own trauma, and especially Rebecca for having to have witnessed that. Yeah. And in that in itself, yeah. like, she's now become a parent. She will more than likely have to look yeah. after Martin. Brett. Even though Brett would probably be like, "Yeah, let's fucking look after this kid," Brett is now probably gonna be involved. Like he has no reason to yeah. be forced to do so, but he is involved, and it creates a heavier burden than than the justification yeah. that it was self sacrifice. And on top of that,
1: let's remember, like, even though Rebecca like was very resentful towards her mom towards the end, like you could tell she still really loved her mom, and like yeah. At the end of the day, she just wanted a really good relationship with her mom. It was just really complicated. So, And again, that is what depression does, is it makes you drive away the people who care about you. uh, It makes you isolate yourself. And even if those people are slightly driven away, that doesn't mean that they don't love you or that they don't want a better relationship with you.
0: Yeah, exactly. And
1: that is our PSA. (laughs) Yeah
0: exactly i mean but yeah as as someone says we're not we're not licensed therapists <laughs> please so now that we've done all of our sort of you know depression yeah. this the reason why this movie is bad let's talk about this movie and its good points i fucking love the yeah. complex relationships in this film mm. they are so good the relationship of rebecca and sophie the relationship of rebecca and brett I mean, it's the fact that Rebecca doesn't want to get hurt, that she pushes Brett away, even though he is perfect. He says, I love you first. Like, it's so cute. He is so cute.
1: Can we talk about... He does not understand what's going on. He's like, what's Diana? And she just, like, never really has a chance to explain it. But, like, he just goes with it. He's like, okay, cool. We need to hang out in your depressed mom's house and keep all the lights on. Okay. Um... Like, he does not question it. He's not like, you're You're all fucking nuts. He just hangs out, and then when he starts seeing Anna, he's like, oh, shit, okay. And he makes a plan.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, they are both, both Rebecca and him are some of the best sort of horror movie protagonists mm. ever. Yeah. Because they're just like, phone lights, car lights, fucking call the police. Yeah. Like, yeah. candles, hide torches. They don't fuck around. Like, yeah, they and they don't use battery torches, they use those,
1: those, uh, ones with the, those, those torches that you, like, crank. The windy-uppy
0: thing. Yeah, the windy-uppy yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm so glad you <laughs> knew the technical term.
0: Yes, I, uh, I know some engineers, and I do believe the technical term is, uh, the windy-up torch. Oh,
1: good to know. Thank you, Chad. Once again, you have educated us.
0: Yeah, you look, mansplaining is part of my white heritage.
1: <laughs> it's your God-given right. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and 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 it's just the fact that, as well as I mentioned earlier, Brett challenges her as well. He's not just sort of like, yeah, you know, really just trying to take control of the situation. He's oh, like, whatever look, she wants. Yeah, he's like, this is your situation, but I want you to be doing it for the right reasons and things. Like, he's awesome, yeah. and like when he runs away to to go get the police and die, uh, and uh, sorry, and Sophie's no, and Rebecca's like. Oh, I don't know if he's coming back. He's coming back. He's definitely coming back. And he fucking does. He comes back. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He just saw something that he can't fucking understand or explain, but he's still like, you know what? I'm just I'm just gonna roll with it. I like her.
0: I really liked Martin as an actor as well. He's he's really good. Yeah. He played the role really well. So so yeah, I mean, get into Brett. Let's let's do it. Let's let's devote the next six hours to just Brett.
1: God, I love him. Let's just... And he drives a Volvo, which is a very safe <laughs> car, and that tells me that he is also a very protective, safe person. I wanted
0: to speak about that, right? Because nowhere is it indicated...
1: <laughs> you wanted to speak about the Volvo?
0: <laughs> yeah, I wanted to, to speak about the Volvo seven, uh, C30 uh, and its rating of one of the safest cars in the world. Hey, if you're looking for a new car in the market, is... why not Volvo? <laughs> Volvo. Safe car. And
1: our sponsor today yeah. is... <laughs>
0: But yes, Brett, 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 Brett. Okay, so yeah, that's what I was trying to get into. I've, I've lost my train of thought there. Right, so...
1: Mm, sorry.
0: Nowhere in the film does it say necessarily what Sophie or Brett does. And yet, they mm-hmm. seem like they have a shit ton of money. This is in LA, correct? I think this film, this, this was set in LA. It feels like it was set in LA or San Francisco.
1: I want to say yes.
0: Yeah, I will say LA. Just for safety, we'll say LA.
1: Yeah.
0: And I'm assuming, knowing a little bit about the property market, that places, two bedroom apartments in LA are not cheap. Mm -hmm. He has a Volvo. He's chill with staying over there. He dresses well. He's well kept. And they seem to be able to both take time off of work to deal with whatever the fuck is happening here. So what do you fucking think they do? Because they're relatively young.
1: Rebecca's apartment is really nice as well. Like, I know she's got that neon light that shines in through her bedroom, but, like, you can just get some blackout curtains if that's a problem. Um, Yeah. And, like, they try to make it look shitty by, like, covering it with, like, weird posters and stuff. But I was, like, looking at it. And it's got, like, these beautiful olive walls, really nice light, hardwood floors. Yeah. Like, it's a really nice apartment.
0: Yeah, right? And, like, so she obviously does a really fucking amazing job, whatever sh- her job is. And then so much Brett. Like, yeah. What, what do they doing?
1: do? Do you think, like, maybe they work for, like, a record label or something? That's why they have so many music posters and they can like dress as alternatively as they want and stuff. I would
0: say yes, but then again, she has Avenged Sevenfold posters on her wall in 2016, and that makes me feel like you wouldn't be part of a record label.
1: <laughs> They're just like, are you still an Avenged Sevenfold fan?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I loved Avenged Sevenfold back in 2009 when it was appropriate to do so.
1: We're going to have a bunch of Avenged Sevenfold fans like really mad at us, like all five of them. <laughs>
0: Still, They're still relevant. <laughs> I wanted to talk about the dad, the, the the second dad, because he works at that textile factory, which, to oh. be fair, in my mind, is one of the scariest scenes in the film. That f- whole fir- first opening scene.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, those were the scenes that were in the trailer. Yeah,
0: exactly. Like you said, they're the, the scariest scenes, and that kind of ruined it, because, yeah. Um, but that bit where the employee is switching on and off the light and Diana's there and back and there and back is the scariest scene of the whole fucking film. And it's not helped by the fact that it's there so are... Scary. There, ...that there are mannequins there. Like, mannequins are always scary.
1: Yeah, I enjoyed that. That was just...
0: I enjoyed watching this film...
1: But that's the thing, is they got all the scary scenes out of the way yeah. in the first half hour of the movie. And then after that, like... Meh.
0: Yeah. I feel the rules for Diana were really confusing.
1: Yes. Very confusing.
0: It was the fact that she could manipulate light bulbs and things, even though the lights were on, kind of confused me. That didn't make any sense.
1: Yeah. I was like, well, that's not fair.
0: <laughs> yeah, that feels that feels really, you know, you're just kind of changing the rules to, to suit the situation. And also the fact that if Sophie's not around, I don't understand how, uh, how, how Diana can be around.
1: I thought it was sort of like the stronger her depression is, like the more powerful or independent she can be so like obviously rebecca taking martin away would have made her like really really upset and make her feel really low so maybe that's why diana was able to travel like so far
0: right okay i don't know know. the rules were confusing they needed to be they needed to sort of really hone you know stick stick to the basic rule that in light she cannot be around.
1: But even like the degree of light really varied because at one point she can like, she's like chilling under a bed in a lit room and grabs the kid's leg and starts pulling him into the Mm. darkness under the bed. But later on, the dude has like it's dark except for his cell phone light, and she can't grab him or anything, you know? Yeah. Like, it's just... <laughs> they really take liberties with what does and doesn't work.
0: They really do. And I think you could have manipulated this, the plot to sort of make it so that in in darkness, you know, she's she's completely... Useless and in light, she is completely useless. But then you can create, you can literally create situations where the lights can't go on, like a power yeah. out, like yeah, exactly. an earthquake. You know, you don't need to be able to mani- like to have Diana be able to manipulate light. Like that scene with the tattoo sign yeah. that comes on and off. Amazing, amazing <sighs> so use.
1: So good. That was that was also a great scene, also in the first half hour of the movie. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> they were like oh, let's just get all the scary stuff out the way super early and then we can yeah. we can move on to sort of the complex relationships and then fuck it up right at the end. Yeah, it was it, it <laughs> good film falls a, falls a, falls asleep halfway through.
1: Yeah, that's
0: the thing. So what I loved about this film was the the trivia of okay. this film. The costume uh, for Diana was also designed by the lady who did uh, the Mrs. Doubtfire costume.
1: Okay. <laughs> Well...
0: For our exclusively oral viewers, Simone's S- S- face <laughs> was just a picture of shock <laughs> and confusion.
1: I mean, all right. <laughs>
0: There's not much you can really say. It's like, oh, what costumes did you design? Oh, you know, the, that film, M- Mrs. Doubtfire? Yeah, cool. And what else? Oh, um, you know, Carson. the creepy lady from Lights Out. <sighs> oh,
1: uh, okay. That's a nice yeah. uh, wide range of career... Uh, portfolio options.
0: <laughs> it's showing your versatility and that's what's important. Gosh. There is apparently a sequel in the works. They're uh, negotiating a sequel.
1: Oh
0: no. I don't know how that would work.
1: Well.
0: I mean, lights out to the lights are more out.
1: <laughs> more lights out. <laughs> <laughs> Guess who's back. Oh my god, lights out to the new batch. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm trying to make a slim shady joke because she is both slim and shady but it's not coming through to me.
0: <laughs> hey, two two thumbs, two thumbs way up for sort of the formulation of the joke and to our listeners, if you want to yeah. write in, send us an email with your best sort of lights out slim shady yes, joke. Yes, please. We would really appreciate it and we will <laughs> and we will we will shout you out on the podcast and we will devote a segment to that. Joke that you make. Uh, so good luck. That's the competition for the week. So so yeah, that's that's kind of all I have to say about that. Simone, do you do you have anything to add to our, our lights out? No. Okay, good. Well, no. let's do uh, let's do the scene that could have saved it for you. What uh, what was it? What what could have saved this film except for the blaring obvious?
1: Yeah. Besides, you mean besides the ending? Yeah. <laughs> um. Hmm. I guess. It would have been nice to see Sophie have a bit more self-awareness about her own depression, mm-hmm. um, especially towards the end, like when she realizes that like it's a real problem. It would have been interesting for her to have a conversation with Rebecca just where she's like, you know, this is how I'm feeling and this is like maybe why I've done some of these things and I want to get help and I want to fix it. You know, just mm. showing that she understood the nature of it and she was willing to take the... F- right steps to fix it yeah more than her like shakily trying to take some antidepressants (laughs) at the like 11th hour which wouldn't work (laughs) anyway because like it has to build up (laughs) they have to accumulate it's not like an instant fix no (laughs) (laughs) which like she should know if she's had depression since she was a small child
0: yeah that that would have been nice to see her actually working on it because it is something that you work on it's not something that's easily fixed.
1: Yeah. And what is your scene that could have saved it?
0: For me, except for the blurring, obviously, where Sophie doesn't kill herself, uh, would be a really good scene where there were more flashbacks mm. between Sophie and Rebecca, like when Rebecca was a child.
1: Yeah, I would have liked to see more of
0: that. I mean, you do you do see it like for one. You see Rebecca like drawing a picture and then Diana takes it, but that's Diana and Rebecca. I want to see how Sophie yeah. treated Rebecca during that time so that we can yeah. understand where Rebecca is coming from because we don't see any of that we don't see Rebecca yeah. being horrible to her so even though it it's pretty obvious that Rebecca is 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 justified in how she feels it would have been nice to see some of the things yeah. that uh, that Sophie had done with Rebecca and why she left.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Cause the relationship doesn't make a ton of sense. Hmm. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good point. And also like if they are going to make such interesting relationships in a movie anyway, it's worth exploring them a bit deeper.
0: Exactly. And I mean, this film is really good for their relationships. It's one of the, the amount of times that we've said this month, Oh, I wish we could have explored the relationships more. This film really does do an exceptionally good job of creating, deep yeah. and and complex relationships and and that's fantastic and I don't know about you, but I'm really happy to see that, especially because of how much we we hark on yeah. about about them sort of not having good enough relationships,
1: yeah yeah, yeah definitely um oh, and I wanted to add. <laughs> One last thing, just as I think of it now. Um, Of course. There's nothing wrong with uh, using, like, like making a metaphor for mental illness. Like, because it's been done well before. The Bubba Duck does it really well. Like, it's clearly a metaphor for grief, but it's so well done, and it's so scary. And, like, you know, she doesn't kill herself at the end. So, (laughs) 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 her child.
0: No, they work on it, and that's what's really cool. And I think that movie gets a gets a lot of shtick for the ending, because people mm. are like, oh, how can you blah, 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 and keep it in the basement, or whatever. But no, it's a mental illness. You live with it forever. You deal with it.
1: That's the whole point. Yeah. You you, you just realise that you're in charge.
0: So let's move on then uh, to bad, f- uh, bad movie or bad director. And uh, this week we have David F. Sandberg. And he is a good director. There's no question about it. The ending... Of this film is problematic but the actual com- complex relationships the way it's shot is really really good and he he does a really good job of bringing out genuine emotion and sort of feeling in this film plus
2: yeah. plus
0: above everything else he was the director for Annabelle Creation the only good Annabelle film <gasps> yeah
1: Yeah, that was a fucking scary movie yeah
0: it really was so
1: he's clearly grown since he did lights out like i think he maybe learned a lot from doing that and then like just brought it for annabelle creation because like yeah that was cuck scary yeah
0: for reals from start to end that is a good film (laughs) so so yeah david f sandberg Absolute champion. Just fell at the final hurdle with this one. But learned a lot. To be fair, he... This film is an adaptation of a short film. He did this film as a short film first. It was only like 30 minutes or whatever. And it did... Oh. It, the short film was like so critically acclaimed that they made it a bigger film. And maybe that was the issue? Is that he was just padding?
1: Yeah. I can see that. Um, Because like we said, the, the all of the scary bits, like the truly good and scary butts could have been fit into a much shorter Mm -hmm. movie so that would actually explain quite a lot yeah
0: yeah but yeah david f sandberg what a champion what a Mm -hmm. great guy and uh simone that is lights out 2016
1: well done Woo!
2: in a world where solid state electronics and vacuum tubes are still meta people never stopped loving atomic powered everything a chosen 500 stepped inside a subterranean vault to be spared the nuclear horror of the inevitable Great War. 25 years later, they emerge after the fallout settles to retake Appalachia. Among them, two former rivals whose blood feud will tear West Virginia apart and their epic struggle for survival. Chad a vault bro who has a strength of 15, an intelligence of two, and is a complete wasteland dickhead. Simon, a complicated anti-hero who chooses light and hope, but accidentally becomes a cannibal and wakes up naked and afraid with a Scorch Beast Queen after a date goes terribly wrong. What? I mean, it's a wild wasteland, right? This dark humor radio drama will have you driving off the road and crawling out from under the fallout. Two men, one wasteland, and so many nukes. Chad, a Fallout 76 podcast, rated R. Now streaming on your holotape player podcasty thing.
1: Hey, Simone,
0: you're a huge nerd, aren't you?
1: I guess I am. I'd like to think so.
0: So what if I told you there was a place, right? Now, Mm -hmm. just expand your mind. Now, we're in the 21st century. Things are crazy. Mm -hmm. There's this magical thing called the internet, right? Oh. What if I told you there's a place on this magical web, this worldwide web, (laughs) where you can get all the things you love about the nerdy pop culture stuff that you enjoy the most in sort of a box. One could call it a crate, even. Oh. Uh, And all you have to do is, in exchange for money, uh, you give them money and they send you a box of all your favourite pop culture stuff every month. What would you say to that?
1: You mean that I don't have to go and shop for individual memorabilia items and waste my whole weekend?
0: Not at all. They will do this for you. This company, this magical place that creates this crate of loot, a loot crate even, (laughs) uh, will package all the items for you and send them to your door in exchange for money. How magical is that?
1: That sounds too magical.
0: And what if I added to the deal? What if I were a proper salesman and I said to you, if you entered a special code, you could get 15% off on any of these loot crates that you so wished?
1: Well I'd have to know what this code is.
0: Right. So this is not just for you. This is not just a secret between you and me. This is for our listeners as well. If you go to Loot Crate following the link in all of our show notes on any episode and type in the code ROBOTSRADIO, you'll get 15% off any of your purchases. 50% off all your loot crates. All you have to do is go to the code in our show notes, enter the code ROBOTSRADIO, and you'll get that 15% off.
1: That sounds amazing. Guys, why don't you click that link right now so that they know we sent you?
0: So guys, go to that link, enter that code. Thank you. Goodbye.
1: We love you. Bye. Bye.
0: So let's move on to the best film of all time.
1: Zombie strippers. Oh, I've seen this film a couple of times (laughs) and it's just so funny every time.
0: Oh, man, I couldn't imagine watching it more than once, to be honest with you. I, I don't know how you can sit through it more than once.
1: Well, so it came out ten years ago and it's sort of I think I've watched it like I'd watched it twice before I watched it for this, and it was like every like over a couple of years. Like I'd be like, Oh yeah, that movie was really funny and then I think I'd watch it again and be like, Oh, it's not that funny <laughs> but then I <I'd> forget that. <sighs>
0: I'm proud of you for always presenting these absolutely atrocious horror films. This is why, you know, you're 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 my
1: Love them. You're
0: my friend who I would go to and be like, Hey What's an absolutely crap horror film? And you'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, zombie strippers or mm-hmm. were-rabbit or fucking zom-zom yeah. gophers or whatever. I fucking can't remember. So that's why that's why I love you, and, and that's your, your sort of value in terms of terrible film.
1: That's my gift. Yes, if I give nothing else to this world, at least I gave some truly shit movie recommendations.
0: <laughs> For our people who do listen to the podcast and do watch the films a week in advance... I really do hope that you didn't watch this with small children or your parents.
1: Yeah, or just anybody who you want to respect you at the end of the day. Ooh. Really? Look I mean here's the thing though also, you see the rating when you're like looking up the movie to watch. Like you and also, like, if you think that a movie called Zombie Strippers is gonna be a classy role, <laughs> then like <laughs> You can't be helped. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> That's a good point. Could you imagine the person who's sitting there being like, oh, it's, it's about, you know, zombies who do house design and are just like stripping away sort of wallpaper and things. Yeah. And
1: <laughs> I'd watch that too.
0: That would be a great film. And because of sort of the general plot line of this film, which is the zombies get, uh, the strippers get zipped better when they, when they're zombies, it would be amazing if they were became really good house designers, if they were zombies.
1: That would be so fun.
0: I would love that. So, Simone, please get into this film. I am so excited. Tell me.
1: Okay. So, this film, which was... uh, God. So, this film was shot in 2008, and it takes place in a not-too-distant future, which is 2016, (laughs) where they predicted an almost dystopian future, where George W. Bush is in his fourth term as president. Uh, if only they Excellent. knew what would happen in
0: 2016.
1: Oh, man. <laughs> uh, they're not far off. <laughs> and the, America is running on a shortage of soldiers because of all of the wars that America is in. So to combat this shortage, a secret government agency has created a reanimation chemovirus that uh, they would like to infect soldiers with so that if they die, they come back stronger, not afraid of death, uh, and just generally more badass. And, uh, because it's carried on the X chromosome, the virus is much purer when it's passed between women, so they're less likely to be, like, slobbering, drooling zombies, and they are, like, a little bit more sentient and smarter and stronger. This becomes important later, because when the virus leaks into a strip club, which is illegal because of public nudity laws introduced by George W.
0: (laughs) Is that the reason it's so underground? (laughs) I didn't didn't catch that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's why they can't call the police or anything. Come on, pay attention, Chad.
0: It was just too many boobs.
1: (laughs) Just so many boobs. So, this virus gets leaked into an illegal strip club. And, as it turns out, it makes the strippers much better at stripping. The main stripper, Kat, played by Jenna Jameson, Gets infected first, realizes that it suddenly makes her awesome at stripping. She gets a bunch of tips. They're getting way more patrons. So two other girls voluntarily infect themselves. Lilith, played by Roxy Saint, and uh, Socks, played by Penny Vital. <laughs> I mean, look.
0: <laughs> look to be fair, most of these people are, are yes. porn stars. Yes. Which is which is great in itself.
1: You know, it's what the movie needed. We'll get into it, um, and. Basically, as the movie progresses, other girls struggle with whether or not they should conform with also getting infected with this virus to be better at their jobs. And eventually what ends up happening is that all of the zombified patrons who served as lunches for the strippers escape. They (laughs) start trying to kill the remaining humans in the strip club. And luckily, a super special military squad comes in at the eleventh hour and saves basically everybody except for the characters <laughs> that you don't like. <laughs> and the end.
0: Oh man, there's so many aspects of this film. It's just it's it's two films rolled into run, really. It, it's great. I fucking
1: Okay. Look, wh- why don't you like take me take me through your thoughts on this movie.
0: Where does one begin with with this? The thing I loved about this film, because this is the optimistic podcast, The thing I loved about this film was the referencing to philosophy was (laughs) fucking outstanding. It felt like it was made by a first-year philosophy major. Yes,
1: like he was doubling in film.
0: (laughs) It was fucking great. The fact that um, Jenna Jameson is reading a book on Nietzsche made me laugh so hard.
1: And especially the fact that when she's dead, she's like, this makes so much more sense now. (laughs) (laughs) Little philosophy joke.
0: Oh, it was great. It was so good. And, like, at one point, one of the strippers goes absolutely fucking mental when someone calls her an optimist. (laughs) And that made me laugh. Like, there's a lot of sort of inside jokes and, like, philosophy jokes, which in this film really don't make sense, but kind of contribute to the overall amazingness of yeah. this film like start to finish the philosophy just it's it's beautifully intertwined as well it's not like yeah. fuck off obvious and you're just like okay we get it now it's about philosophy like they're just little little drips and drabs every now and again and you're just like fuck yes this is amazing i i really like the fact that the beginning of the film the, like all the special effects were clearly made on windows 98 yes and that's great to have the confidence to use windows 98 yeah. for your, for your special effects is amazing. And again, to think that George W. Bush was the rose amongst the Republican thorns. I
1: love that. That was the worst thing that they could think of in 2008. No oh man. If only they knew. I mean, God bless him. <laughs> it was a simpler If only time. they
0: knew. I loved that in the end, there was essentially a stripper pokemon battle yes! they had various attacks
1: it it starts off as like kind of a dance battle like they're they're having like a strip off and then it just turns into a more overt yeah. battle and it is just i i want to meet the person who came up with those ideas um and i want to be their best friend because <laughs> yeah, they must be hilarious or...
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because I genuinely had the Pokemon music <laughs> in my head while they were battling.
1: Oh, so funny! Oh,
0: so good, so good. I have one one slight point to make, is that we very much like in in, in Gremlins and Gremlins two, we ignore the trauma of a particular character. So we have no. Super Christian Stripper, who doesn't actually yeah. strip. she just She's trying to save her grandma, I think. And her boyfriend commits <laughs> attempted rape. Full on commits attempted rape. You know when they're down in the basement yeah, yeah, looking yeah. at the, the lunch, as you wonderfully described it? And she, he's like, oh, I want it now. And he starts to sort of molest and attack her.
1: Her boyfriend is awful. He's... Like, the most hypocritical fucking character. But that's the point. Like, I think it's them making fun of these guys who act like they're ultra-religious. And, you know, they care about the purity of their girlfriend. But they'll also go and watch a bunch of strippers. And, like, you know, their girlfriend can just be, like, a little less pure for them. uh, And it's fine. Like, I think it's making fun of that exact kind of guy who, like, will shame you for having sex with anyone else you can definitely do it with him. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and like he he he'll find any reason to justify doing the bad thing. Like when when she starts stripping because, you know, she's doing it for her grandmother and he's like, "Oh, well I guess I'll watch." It's like, "Well, yeah. no, if you really believed in your yeah. values, you, or you wouldn't."
1: Yeah. Or you'd like leave the strip club and go get a job to help your girlfriend fucking help her grandmother. You gross. Uh-huh. but I did like yeah. that they actually made fun of a lot of these like gross like, male stereotypes that we get of, like, uh, you know, the super religious boyfriend and also, like, the general, like, strip club patrons. Like, you don't really feel bad for the victims. You're kind of like, yeah, if I wanted a zombie virus to break out anywhere, it would probably be among strip club patrons, uh, who are just so (laughs) gross and rude and mean to the strippers. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, tell me, walk me through your thoughts and feelings, please. I'm so excited to hear your take.
1: Here's the thing. If you're watching a movie called Zombie Strippers, (laughs) this movie is exactly what it fucking says it is, okay? You have zombies who are strippers, and they had to build a plot around that, and I think (laughs) they managed it kind of okay, You know, you have this weird moral struggle where the other strippers are like, should I become a zombie too so that I can get more money? Like, it's a really bizarre, weird thing, and, like, they (laughs) don't take themselves too seriously. Like, clearly the whole movie is just, like, really (laughs) self-aware about how ridiculous it is. And, like, it's just... A fun movie uh-huh. that you watch when you want to take your brain out and laugh at, like, really stupid <laughs> philosophical jokes and bad puns and, like, strip battles.
0: <laughs> strip <laughs> battles. It's, oh you man. know what?
1: This movie is exactly what it needed to be. And I will defend it for that. <laughs> it didn't need to be an Oscar-winning movie.
0: You are the only one. Oh man, if this won an Oscar, I'd be so happy. I'd be so so. <laughs> what do you happy.
1: think it would be for, for oh, like man. costumes? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Before we started the podcast, we we were talking about this, and I mentioned how I didn't understand how it wasn't sort of mentioned as porn. And Simone brought up some really interesting oh, points.
1: God. It's so it's not porn because they don't show genitals. Except but inevitably, if you look at the IMDb trivia, there's one fucking pervert who's like, yeah, even though you're not supposed to see vagina, you can see the, the, uh, (laughs) let me find the right word. Uh, trivia, trivia. Yeah, someone wrote down the exact time that you could catch a glimpse of, um, the one actress's, where is it? Oh, pudendal cleft. Oh! That does not make it better.
0: That is, makes it so much worse. Oh, what yeah. a creep. Yeah,
1: so the trivia says, Although much care was tapen- taken to keep the women's lady bits hidden from view, you can momentarily make out Shamron Moore's pedendal clef at around 45 minutes. And I'm like, what pervert fucking wrote this? <laughs> like, <laughs> who was keeping an eye out for this?
0: What a disgusting and despicable human being. You know, on IMDb, because I'm assuming this is on IMDb that you're looking this up, is, um, you know, it says there underneath, it's like, oh, 45 people found this helpful, this review interesting or helpful. How many people have found that interesting? Please, I want to know for the general hatred of this planet.
1: No, nobody. Nobody. It still says, is this interesting?
0: (laughs) Good. Good. I'm glad.
1: (laughs) So... Luckily, it was just one person who thought they were being helpful and giving <laughs> trivia that nobody wanted.
0: Can we can we buy the domain pedendalcleft.com?
1: <laughs> Absolutely not. I, I'm not even going to check if it's a thing because I uh, don't need to infect my computer with a virus.
0: <laughs> Pedendalcleft.org. They just want to get the message out. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> Anyway, another thing that I do want to say about this movie is that a lot of the, like, actual dance routines were really good. Yeah, um,
0: I'll give you that. In too. it,
1: actually, all of the actresses came up with their own routines, which oh, is really? Cool. Oh, really? Um, oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, it was really fucking entertaining. Like, I obviously don't know a lot about stripping. I don't know <laughs> about pole dancing, but I understand that it takes a lot of athleticism yeah. to do it. Yeah, And these girls really, like, pulled it off. They showed it off really well. I think they were also working around whatever characters they had when they did it. And, like, that took some skill. And they should be proud of themselves. I don't want to sound like I'm maligning strippers in any way. I think that they work really hard. Yeah. They have to take a lot of shit. And they're very, like, athletic people who deserve respect just as much as anybody else does.
0: Yeah, for reals. I mean, it's it's a really hard sport. Well, sport. Uh, it's a really hard sort of event activity, activity. Uh, you know, it's actually it's become... It's like straight
1: up cardio for hours. Yeah,
0: it's become a sort of a, a fad.
1: Yeah, you could go do pole dancing classes. And like the girls who do it are amazing. Yeah. And the guys, obviously, yeah. men can do yeah. it too.
0: And I mean, the core strength you have to have to sort of lift your body around those ways and do it. Yeah. I mean... One of the one of the craziest things to learn is that the pole actually spins by itself. Like, they're not spinning around it, but... Yeah. Th- that, like, that's an interesting fact, but nothing... nothing it doesn't take away from the I fact. I learned
1: that way too late in my life.
0: For reals. Like, outrageous. <laughs> the first time I ever got on a stripper pole, I was like, Oh, it spins! And that in itself is amazing.
1: Wait,
0: what? Uh, wait, wait, no, 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 we're just going to ignore that. No,
1: no, wait, 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 wait. Wait. Are we circling back? Can we, uh, <laughs> can we circle back to what you uh, what you said?
0: My life in South Africa was an incredibly interesting thing. No, we were just on a night mm. out and we went to a gay club and they had stripper poles. And I was like, yes, I'm getting uh, on one okay. of these. Um, it's not as interesting as it sounds, but I, I did get on one. I didn't take any of my clothes off. I didn't technically strip. I just pole danced. And it was really good fun. And I saw this, the pole actually spins and I was like, oh, this is this is slightly disappointing. I mean, it's still an amazingly incredible feat and I could never do what those wonderful people do. Uh, and hats off to having that level of core strength.
1: Yeah. And upper body strength. It's really hard for girls to get that kind of upper body strength. And uh, they've got it. Yeah.
0: Like, wow. Yeah. Uh... Amazing. But I know they um, did their own routines. That's yeah. really cool.
1: And uh, Lilith, who was like the goth, the the goth stripper, played yeah. by I want to get this right, <laughs> uh, Roxy Saint. <laughs> she actually sang a bunch of the songs that right. they stripped to. Like she sang a bunch of like the metal songs. Those were hers.
0: That's really okay. cool.
1: Yeah, including "Don't Kill the Star," "Bad Guy," and "Smother You."
0: Ah, oh, that's cool. Yeah. The one thing I will say, I was just, like, a bit, like, meh, this isn't great, was, so, you know, the whole running joke that the the pimp, that the owner of the strip club was, like, disgusted by the ladies and he didn't want to get their zombie herpes and then in the end he gets zombie yeah. herpes. I was like, uh, well, that's that's really sort of derogatory. It was gross. Like, a lot of strippers don't actually sleep with the clients, so...
1: Well, I mean, I think that was also the thing, was, like, He was just really fucking rude to them, like, and he didn't care whether they actually had it or not, he was just such a dick.
0: Yeah, and and also the whole Mexican thing, like, towards the end I was just like, oh my god, we get it, he's Mexican, like, can we just fucking leave this? It was just really genuinely upsetting.
1: At one point, he's literally, he finds a sombrero. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, I was like, okay, we've gone too far now.
1: Its oh, time. not necessary.
0: But, yeah, overall, it's not yeah. that bad. Now that you've told me that they, they sort of did their own work and they had to, you know, sort of do that, that's impressive. Yeah, it's I'm funny. It was
1: clearly a, a fun group project <laughs> fun group with project. everyone. Everybody looked like they must have had a really fucking fun time on set, <laughs> I bet. Uh, you know, it is what it is. It's what it needed to be. Is it great? Is the script perfect? No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> it does also drag on a little bit towards, like, the middle, yeah. I find. Uh, Like, it loses a bit of momentum.
0: I think that's just purely because of the amount of stripping.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and also, all of the... They they spend a long time on the strippers going through, like, this, like, moral dilemma of whether they should get infected, too.
0: (laughs) That's true. That is really true. I think... Can you imagine being one of the extras, one of the dude extras, just sitting in the crowd? Like, you know, you watch this with your boyfriend, and like he said, he was obligated as a dude to just go boobies and you know, shout it boobs yeah. as, as boobs came on the on the screen. And I to be fair, I did it the first time that boobs came on the screen. I didn't do it afterwards. But uh can you imagine being an extra and like having to Ugh. do be excited about boobs and and stripping for like hours because of the yeah. different shots and everything, like fucking hell.
1: Yeah, I know, it must have been exhausting. My uh sister works a lot as like an extra and stuff and she's had to do a bunch like she had to do um Like, a mosh pit scene, for one thing, and she was like, it was the most fucking exhausting thing ever, because you have to be high energy for just, like, hours and hours, like, jumping around to this music.
0: That's exhausting. Good lord. Yeah. Yeah, no, filming... People, I don't think, understand how long filming takes. Like, it's not a quick process. Um, you know, one shot alone...
1: Extras work really hard Yeah,
0: they don't get paid nearly enough for what they do. Um... Yeah, I would hate to be an extra. Well, I was an extra once, but it was just exhausting.
1: It's pretty good money. Like, if you do it full-time, like, it's yeah. pretty... It's I met a couple people who, like, just come to Cape Town, because obviously a lot yeah. of stuff is shot in Cape Town, um, and just, like, work All as really? extras. It's long hours, but they have to feed you yeah. if you're on set for longer than six hours, which you usually are, yeah. so you get free food, and... Uh, you uh, get paid, like, pretty well, depending on what it is you're doing. Yeah, I've done a couple of extra yeah. things. And, like, yeah, you can you can. Make like, you good Look, you also money.
0: meet really interesting and, and, and wonderful people. I'm, I've made a couple good friends. Yeah.
1: My sister was on set with uh, Kate Beckinsale. Oh, really? Yeah, she didn't meet her, but she was just like, oh, her hair is so even more beautiful in real life.
0: <laughs> That's so magic. Oh, I love that. Um, okay, so let's, uh, do, do you have anything to add or can we, can we move on to, to the next segment?
1: We can move on. Yeah. What's your scene that could have saved it, Chad?
0: Um, so it took me a really long time to try and find something that would have saved this film because I kind of wanted to, to stick to the definition of what this section's about. It's about saving yeah. the film. So you've also kind of explained it by sort of your introduction to the film and your plot so I'm going to say it and you can sort of vilify uh-huh. me for being stupid and that's okay. But I wanted to know why the zombie tri- strippers can talk and just act like normal human beings where sort of the male and um, soldier strippers, uh, soldier zombies are like, brains. Yeah. Um, but then you explained yeah. it to me. Um Where the strain Um, is more... It's even a
1: really great line in the movie, because she's like, yeah, uh, it's pure with the X chromosome, so once you introduce a man, as with everything, it all goes to shit. Yes. And it's just a golden line.
0: (laughs) It is so accurate as well.
1: I mean, look, men don't ruin everything, but a lot of times they don't help.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I was, I was listening.
1: And also, Y chromosomes are notoriously just like, (laughs) Y chromosomes really do fuck shit up genetically, (laughs) not just in life.
0: Really? Explain, explain, I'm excited.
1: Um, so Y chromosomes are much smaller than X chromosomes. Right. So that's why if you have an X chromosome dominant trait, then, um, like there's no other gene on the Y chromosome to kind of cancel that out. Okay. So, uh, that's why colorblindness is passed down through moms, from moms to sons. Yeah. Uh, so the mom can be a carrier, but, like, because sons don't have, like, a big enough, like, other sex chromosome yeah. to combat it, then they'll get colorblindness. Right. Uh, whereas if a mom passes it to her daughter, the daughter is more likely to also just be a carrier.
0: Oh, um, wow.
1: And that happens with a couple of different X-linked diseases.
0: That's amazing. You see, you come for the reviews, you stay for yeah. the science. <laughs> That's
1: awesome. <laughs> um, my years of education haven't gone completely to waste. I can explain <laughs> genetics on my comedy podcast.
0: Your parents would be proud of you.
1: I think they are. <laughs> oh, also, a fun fact is that this movie was shot in only 18 days.
0: That's impressive.
1: So, yeah. And it came in under budget, which, you know, maybe they could have used a bit more of the budget.
0: Yeah, that could have, could have probably been helpful, to be fair. But good on them for saving money.
1: Yeah. You know what? Just because there's a budget doesn't mean you have to spend all of it.
0: Tell me, bad film or bad director?
1: Okay, so, this was written and directed by Jay Lee, who um has done a bunch of other movies that I have not really heard yeah. about, <laughs> If you've seen any of these movies, please tell me. It's um, The Slaughter, Star (laughs) Chicks, Alice Kills, Death Chair, The Chair That Eats, (laughs) and The House with 100 Eyes. I have not seen any of his other movies, so I can't speak to whether they're directed much better. But I will say, like, for zombie strippers, you know, the shots were good. The lines, you know, the actors seemed to be on board with what they were doing there were a couple of moments there that were just done like the comedic timing of them was done really well and you could tell that that was sort of a deft directing hand so i don't want to say he's a bad director i just think he's got a specific genre and that genre is bad horror movies and he's good for that
0: yeah i'm proud of you for being able to say that he's a good director with earnest and honest conviction. You know,
1: I think he's doing his best and also now I'm looking I want to watch Death Chair the chair that eats so badly.
0: I love that it, that's the subtitle is the chair that eats. That's fantastic.
1: Yeah, but I can't find anything on it. I'm on the IMDb page and like it's got nothing. It doesn't even have a picture. So we'll I'll have to track it down.
0: I'm I'm excited to to hear you watch that film because death chair the chair that eats is great but my my sort of most intriguing out of that list that you just did was uh the house of a 100 eyes because a 100 eyes does not sound sort of scary enough in my mind like it should be like a thousand eyes
1: yeah like that's 50 people
0: like that's really not yeah. that's not great it's like oh the house of 10 eyes like these things are very underwhelming <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's like, do you mean, like, just <laughs> five people live in the house, or, like... <laughs> yeah, basically. So, I mean...
0: <laughs> so so you're saying it's a bad film?
1: Uh, I'm saying that the director was right for the film, and they're both what they need to be, which is bad, but not in a bad way.
0: <laughs> that was the most dogmatic answer. <laughs> I have ever heard, and I fucking adore it.
1: <laughs> I'm trying to be so nice. <laughs>
0: that was perfect.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: I'm proud of you for that. After we had a really shitty last episode where both directors were shit, like, very well done for bringing this mm, back. I'm
1: doing my best. That's
0: really good. And I feel that's what this movie was doing. It, it did its best for what it was. You can't expect more.
1: No. No, you should not. You you knew what you were watching, and uh, that's that's all there is to that.
0: That's all there is to that. Oh, man. Well, there you go. So, um, tell me, let's move on to our next segment. And this is the segment that I love to do because it gets people so mad. So, Simone, uh, tell me, what film is not that good?
1: Okay. I'm going to say it. And maybe it's one of those things where, like, if I watch it now, I'll actually like it. So, uh, and that film is Where the Wild Things Are. It is based on a popular, delightful children's novel where, like, a little boy escapes to this island where all these monsters live, and it's, like, really cute illustrations, and, like, it's fun. And then he basically just realizes that he, like, misses his mom and stuff, and he goes home, and he stops being such, like, a little monster. And it's cute. It's a kid's book. And then you watch the movie, and it is fucking disturbing and terrifying. (laughs) Like, the whole thing... It's just like, I,
0: to be honest, I haven't seen it, so... Okay,
1: good, then you can't be mad at me. <laughs> um, but it, like, it did really well, and the whole thing, for me, because they made it for grown-ups, which is already kind of like... What? It's a kid's book. They made it like really artsy, um, so admittedly the cinematography is really good, the animation is really good, Like it's really beautiful, but it's also fucking creepy. Like, the whole time, you are just expecting something right. to go... Horribly wrong. Like I just remember watching the movie and feeling really tense and creeped out the whole time.
0: Okay. And I
1: just did not enjoy it. It didn't give me the warm fuzzy feeling that the book gave me. It's just kind of generally upsetting. Like I, yeah. when, when the movie ended, I was like, I'm so unhappy. Uh, and yeah, that's my. It's not that good. A lot of people.
0: Like, why would they make I have it for adults? No that idea. I, to be
1: honest, I haven't like looked into it since then. Like maybe there's like a reasoning here. So, yeah, like I'm sure that maybe there's some reasoning behind it or like just the right director got a hold of it and wanted to do something different with it, but I didn't think it was that good. It was upsetting and a little pointless. Like they tried to introduce like all this weird metaphor and stuff into it that didn't need to be there. Uh. And then by the end, you're just like, wait, what? And like maybe I just don't get it, but I didn't think it was that good.
0: That's fair enough. I mean, I read the, the same book that you did when we were kids. And that's kind of why I didn't yeah. watch the film. I haven't really watched the film. is because I don't need that to be ruined by a film. Because it will never be as good as a kid's book. But yeah, I mean, if you're telling me that it's...
1: Uh-uh. It's
0: fucking terrible. Like, it's... Uh, why make it for adults? I don't understand. It's a kid's book. Make it for kids. You know, Paddington 2 is cute because know. adults can watch it. Kids really enjoy it because it's Paddington. And the same thing applies. Yeah.
1: yeah. So,
0: that's a shame. And I, I, I'm I going to agree with you on your basis of what you've told me tonight, today, this morning. Thank you. Right, so, this week, I've decided to do a film that carries on from your, sort of, fight club uh, one, in that middle-class, white, white okay. men need to just calm down. And so I've decided mm. that Limitless is not that good. Yeah. I enjoyed Limitless. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed it for the music. The Black Keys are great. The soundtrack is yeah. really good. But essentially, at the heart of this film, it's a middle-aged guy who is a writer who can't write anymore and so turns to drugs to become better. And then he forgets about his writing career and becomes a stockbroker And it's just like, and then his drugs go wrong, and that's what the film is about. It's about him whining about the fact that his drugs go wrong. Like, that is the essence of the film. Also, also, on top of that, he murders someone. There is a murder in this film, and we're just supposed to overlook it. I
1: have not watched this movie in a while. Do
0: you not remember? In the beginning, like, after he starts to black out, like, there's a a woman who's found dead in a hotel room. And then, and then... So, like, he's, he's sort of suspected of the murder. And then, because he's blacked out, he's like, I don't know if I did it, but it seems kind of like I did it. And then he hires the dude who belonged to one of the other big bosses, and the dude somehow covers it up, and then we forget about it, and everything's fine, and Bradley Cooper just goes on with his life. And I'm just sort of like... I'm, I, I was thinking about it the other day, and I was like, no, he should go to jail. Yeah, he committed a murder. 100%. Like, he blacked out, but he still committed a murder. And so we look at this film and we sort of idolize this dude who's kind of got his shit together. But he doesn't have his shit together. Drugs, drugs. made him yeah. have his shit together.
1: Yeah, it's it would be like watching a movie about an athlete doing really well and he was just, like, on fucking steroids the whole time. like.
0: Exactly. It's, it's yeah, it's essentially a, a an athlete who's down on his luck and then decides to take steroids and then becomes the best yeah. at his field. Like, he hasn't done it himself. He's used ability enhancing drugs to make himself better and it's outrageous that this movie is so celebrated uh, when at the basis it's basically saying if you are shit at your life you need drugs to become a better you
1: Yeah, and also you deserve it Um, also, I mean, obviously I found it problematic because it uses the same old, like, oh, you only use 10% of your brain, which is the most upsetting, (laughs) pervasive myth. (laughs) If you only use 10% of your brain, you're brain dead. Guys, please stop.
0: (laughs) I can forgive this film for the 10% rule because Lucy with Scarlett Johansson plays so much harder on that.
1: We... I want to cover Lucy at some point. Do
0: you want to do Lucy at some point? Okay, well, I won't get into it too much then, Just because Lucy that. is a fucking awful film. And
1: also, to to invite everybody to my TED Talk about how that's not how <laughs> fucking memory works. <laughs> I
0: get <it. laughs> Oh, man. It's so bad. Oh, it makes I me so incensed. angry. I am incensed.
1: Please stop. Please find, like, do less lazy writing and find a better plot point or explanation.
0: So yeah, Limitless, it it sort of plays on the tropes that are similar to Fight Club in the fact that it's people who are, like, yeah. people who have things who are just bitching about their lives. Like, yeah, you know, he's a writer. Yeah, yeah. he's got writer's block. I want to see a film where he gets over his like writer's block and he writes a new novel that is Limitless. That's lovely. Like, no, fuck you.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. We're not fighting this week.
0: Yeah, yeah, this week has been really pleasant in terms of this.
1: What movie are you doing next week now that we are officially off horror movies?
0: We are free. Next week is November. I'm so excited. Oh my goodness. I am doing a great movie next week and I'm so excited to watch it again because I haven't seen it since I watched it in the cinema. And I think that's right.
1: Okay.
0: I am going to be doing The Mummy Three Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. So I'm not doing, for anyone getting confused, I'm not doing the, the new Mummy film with Tom Cruise because that doesn't even deserve to be touched. I'm not acknowledging that as a Mummy film. Uh, this is number three. So you got the Mummy one, which is great. You got Mummy 2, uh, Rise of the Scorpion King, which is fucking hilarious and amazing. And the rock in CGI is fantastic. But then you get this film, which we have... Once mentioned on the podcast before in a very early episode where we talked about the female protagonist and how they just switched her out, and so I really want to do this film, and I'm excited to do this film. Okay, okay, it's great. And Simone, what are you doing next week for the people?
1: I hope you know I'm not going to watch the other two mummies first. I'm just going to jump right into this one.
0: Do it. I've I what have you not seen any of the mummy films?
1: No, I I they're not my cup of tea.
0: Simone. It's ancient Egypt mixed with amazingness. How dare you?
1: Okay, first of all, it's quote unquote ancient Egypt. <laughs> Second of all, <laughs> I just, I don't know. I don't have time for like bullshit archaeology. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, it's, uh, S- it's not my cup of tea.
0: Simone, it's Brendan Fraser at his best. Brendan Fraser! These are what made Brendan Fraser Brendan Fraser. That's
1: not a high bar! <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fine. Don't watch the other two mummy films. They're amazing, but don't. Fine. Just jump straight into Mummy okay. 3. You're not going to get any of the context jokes. I'm very upset.
1: I'll see if I can manage the other two in a week. I'll I'll take on extra homework, Chad.
0: I would I would do it for you. I watched Zombie Strippers for you. I'm just saying.
1: You ha- No, you watched it for the podcast.
0: Okay, fair enough. I watched it for the podcast. All right. So, what film what film are you doing? then
1: i am doing a classic from my childhood uh i have not watched it since i was a child but i probably watched it about a million times when i did it is passport to paris the olsen twins movie yes
0: i'm so excited Oh my god! Yeah. Oh my god! I'm so excited, you have no idea. Oh, there's that scene at the end! I know.
1: Fast forward to Paris, it came out in 1999, the fashion's gonna be on point, the jokes are gonna be on point, it's all gonna be perfect, I'm so oh, excited. Oh my fuck,
0: I'm so excited. Oh man, next week's episode is gonna be so good, I'm so excited mm. now. Tell, um, how, how have you been? What's, what's happening in, in your life? What's uh What's going on?
1: I'm good. I had uh had my housewarming last night. It was really pleasant. Yeah, everybody was very very lovely to each other. I had like a lot of different spheres of my life intersecting, yeah. um, and it went really well. And a great time was had by all. And yeah, I'm happy. I'm not even a little hungover. I drank very responsibly, so uh, I feel grown up. Oh, I'm proud of you. Thank you. Proud of me too.
0: And and you're fitting into the. the... And you're and you're fitting into the place nice and it yeah. looks really good from what I can see.
1: Yeah. Uh Oliver's moved in now. We're keeping him inside, which he hates, but uh he has to learn that it's his home. So
0: I've I've heard that if you butter their paws.
1: Everybody says this! I've had like <laughs> five separate people in different parts of my life be like, Yeah, just put butter on their paws. But, but first of all, butter is expensive. Second of all, <laughs> I don't understand why or how that would fucking work.
0: <laughs> well, the general rule is that when a cat licks its paws, it means that it believes it's at home. Your face it just looks like you don't fucking believe me at all. You're just, like, looking at me like, this is a whole load of bullshit. <laughs> like bullshit. Apparently, that's the rule. Like, as soon as a cat starts to lick their paws, it means that they believe this is their home. And um, so by putting butter on their paws, they have to lick their paws, which means that they'll always come back. I don't know how true it is. I don't fucking believe- I don't know, but this is what I've been told. This is good cat ownership.
1: People keep giving me this fucking advice, and it's always from people who don't have cats.
0: I had three cats. I don't understand why you wouldn't believe me. (laughs)
1: I, look, he's settling in just fine without me, and butter's expensive. Like, he's settling in just fine without me spending money on buttering his paws. I
0: do love the fact that that was the first point that you made was the fact that the butter was too expensive. And I can I can just imagine you sitting there with Oliver just with, like, a knife, just <laughs> spreading butter on his paws.
1: <laughs> He'd hate it, first of all.
0: You would both hate the experience. It would be amazing.
1: Luckily, he's not a very, like, scratchy or, like, mean cat, <laughs> so we. would probably take it but like he would be unhappy
0: oh that's funny so yeah if any of our listeners have ever buttered their cat's paws please tell us if it worked because this will this will prove the point
1: no but i want a controlled experiment like you had one cat (laughs) whose paws you buttered and then one cat whose paws you didn't and (laughs) if there was any major difference in their behavior because i've had people be like yeah when i moved i buttered my cat's paws and i'm like but did you not butter any of your cat's paws and they're like no then i'm like then you don't have a control (laughs) (laughs) your results aren't reproducible (laughs) (sighs) how are you what's what's happening yeah
0: i mean uni's going well back at back at the law schools uh english law is weird man it's it's uh, maybe i'm biased because i love south african law but these people do things weird over here yeah. yeah, I don't understand how it works, but, you know, we'll get there. I've, I've made a concerted effort to try and watch more good movies, because I've realised that I've kind of devoted my life to finding bad movies right now,
1: yeah.
0: and I need to start watching good movies again. I've also kind of been on a, on a journey to try and see if Deadpool 2 is actually a good movie or not, because, I mean, I really enjoyed it the first time I watched it, but then I, I wanted to watch it again to see sort of how it feels, and... You know, it's it holds up. It's mm-hmm. still relatively funny. I think there are some gimmicky bits that we kind of accept, but it's still a good movie. And and yeah, Deadpool two holds up pretty well. Uh, I'm I'm reading The Prestige, which is a fucking good book. Really worth it if you. If, well, I'm listening to it on on Audible. It's very different from the the Christopher Nolan film with Hugh Jackman, uh, but still really really good. Amazing book. Also, Hugh Jackman fifty years old this week. Amazing. Oh, he
1: looks so good. Congrats to Hugh.
0: I know. I, I I could only hope that I would look that good when we eventually have him on this podcast, because, you know, after Ben Affleck comes on, yeah. Hugh, Hugh Jackman will want to come.
1: Yeah, of course. We'll
0: do the Van Helsing episode with him.
1: Yeah, definitely. A hundred percent. I would love to talk to him about Van Helsing.
0: So, yeah, that's, that's sort of been my week. And, uh, yeah, there's no sort of way to turn it around. But, yeah. But, look, Simone, we fucking did it again.
1: We did another one. Look at us.
0: I think we're, we're sort, what, yeah. over 10 episodes deep, and people really like this podcast, yeah. so so good on us. So where can the people find you?
1: Uh, people can follow me on Instagram at simone.le.roux and that's about it. Otherwise, they can see our fun updates on all of the social medias. Uh, we're on Instagram at I Think It's Not That Bad Podcast. We are on Facebook and Twitter at, at It's Not That Bad 1. And uh, where can they find you?
0: Uh, They can find me on Instagram at Chatsby1993. That's... C-H-A-D-S-B-Y You can also find me on Twitter at that same name, or if you can't find it there it's Chad09506816 I love doing that it's always fun You can also find us both on Forge and Flint which is the parent uh, website for this podcast which is www.forgeandflint.com You can see all of our exciting articles and short stories and poetry, and you can also get an update on what's coming up next week on the podcast, on the podcast page uh, it always, it has the trailers for the films, which I must say is always enjoyable to put up uh, yes. in in, uh, in the morning because I, I don't watch the trailers before we do the films. So it's just really, yeah. really fun to go back and watch the trailers for these films. It's great. So yeah, so that's where you can find us. And uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Well, not watching, but thank you for listening. Yeah. And uh, if you like us, subscribe, subscribe you know give us ratings they really really help as you're yes. probably aware uh so yeah like subscribe tell your friends tell your neighbors tell your sons daughters and uh, immaterial uh, sheets. i was looking for something funny i didn't really know so yeah. that's what we're going with bed sheets today and uh yeah thank you thank you so much for listening and as we say at the end of every episode we, we love you, love you, you and everything. there's nothing, nothing you can, can do about it, it. <laughs> bye